Smile, though your heart is aching Smile, even though it's breaking When there are clouds in the sky You'll get by Hello, Red Splatters! Welcome to uh, our After Dark. I am Kyle Lira. With me is Alexis Soto. We saw Joker. Um, I I want to I want to set oh oh spoilers through and through. Um, I I'm gonna set a press precedent here that I just don't want to discuss anything but the film. Um, because I think by acknowledging everything else, you're kind of giving credence and trying to uh, stir the pot, as it were. I don't want that, and I don't want to be responsible for that. Um, if you're referring to the conversations that have been held about anything but the movie in terms of the, the violence that's being incited or whatever, yeah. quote-unquote. Yeah, we've talked about that enough. Like, if you want to listen to that, we have podcasts on that. Go listen to that. But, like, I, we're just talking about the movie. I do want to say, though, that there are, there are political implications that the movie discusses, and we can talk about that. Uh -huh. But as far as violence is concerned, I think we've had we're, our say about we're that. We're going to leave that at, yeah. the, at the door. Um, I'm gonna go first because I'm pretty sure you want to rant. Um, I I think that this movie is bold, daring, and oh, yeah. honestly, a nice, refreshing uh, bit of comic book movies mm -hmm. that we had for a while. I love the fact that the movie literally ends spoilers with the title card, the end. I, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, it doesn't, like, leave everything open. You already know the story of, you know, Batman and the Joker. You know the story of everything like that. I just love the fact that it doesn't, like, lend itself to, like, oh, look at the post-credit sequence. Look at, oh, it's uh, Batman discovering, you know, oh, the Batcave, you know. I, I like that, you know, we do, you don't have to do that. I, I love that, uh, well, the bold decision that Todd Phillips made to, like, cut it, you know, cut the cord right out the right out the screener you know and i i like that i really like that um i really liked how the the film stands on itself of uh, and by itself i i love the score the score i think was particularly great um it like the it's kind of like and, and the way that this whole movie is kind of, it's downright unsettling it's downright unsettling it's from from uh from Joaquin Phoenix's which I'll get into later. Joaquin uh, Phoenix's performance, the way that things are like going around in his head, the way that some uh, some characters are interacting around him, um, is just really good. And uh, the thing is, is that what I was going in with this movie is because like the thing that I really love about the Joker is that you don't know shit about him, and that's what kind of makes him more terrifying. Um, you were afraid that wasn't going to be taken away. And I, I was afraid of that, yeah, because you lose that kind of intrigue of the Joker, and that's why, you know, that's the ultimate, he's the ultimate agent of chaos, and he has no reason to, it's just chaos is chaos, and you know, that's what, 
That's how... Sorry, sorry, I'm gonna get political here. Um, that's how terrorists are. They, they just, like... They, they, they have, like, this, this, the center about them, but they don't have, like, this, this, uh, this, this sympathetic nature about him. Um, he was a little bit sympathetic, and I did not need that in this movie. That's what's preventing me a lot of stuff. There's one thing that I thought they were gonna go for, which I was like, holy shit, I hate this movie. Um, and that was the part, spoilers where he allegedly finds out that Thomas Wayne is his father. <laughs> uh, I, I expected that. <laughs> I, I was ready to give up the movie. I was ready to give up the movie. I was just like, fuck off with this bullshit. But it turns out it was just, it was just bullshit. Um, and I, and I, and I like that. I like the fact that it was bullshit. Again, that's part of what makes Joker intriguing is that it's all bullshit. Um, you really hate familial ties, don't you? Yeah. Like, dude, well, no, get ready for Rise of Skywalker. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> um, Literally. I, I think, uh, uh, Arthur, like the Arthur, Fleck. Arthur Fleck, Arthur Fleck. I think his transition into the Joker was nice, progressive, and you needed that slow burn. The last 20 minutes are a Batman fan's wet dream um, because it does like show a lot of all that stuff. And I was getting serious uh, vibes uh, from the last 20 minutes that I haven't felt since... The Dark Knight mm -hmm. when I saw it in 2008 because like holy shit like the way that uh, uh, this feels like the the chaos of it all the the, oh, the the kind of Batman mythos around it it was great um, I don't know if you know this but there's a, a a what's it called a graphic novel that Frank Miller did called The Dark Knight Returns mm -hmm. and uh, in this one, in that uh, in that graphic novel, the Joker does make an appearance live on television, much like you see in this movie, and he blows his brains out, and that's how he like makes his grand, you know, exit. Right. The cinematography, great, uh, great score. The score was impeccable. Um, a lot of cello, cello going on, and I think that that was really, really well said. I think that this movie, I think. Uh, might reach my top ten. I don't know. I I, I still need to catch up on a lot. Of it's movies. already on a lot of people's top tens um, from what we know, and a lot of things. And you know, we, our girl Grace Randolph, like we, she she spins a wild one once in a while, uh, or most of the time. But what the way that she was intrigued about this movie, I was like, okay, okay, all right. You know, I've seen you intrigued about stuff that I didn't particularly like, but okay. And then <laughs> for the first time, I was like, say that again. But then when I saw this, I was like, holy shit, I fucking agree with you, Grace, 100%. Mm. And I 100% agree with Grace in this, uh, in this instance. I, you know, I think that a lot of things, uh, a lot of people, uh, there, I, I think a lot of people are afraid of liking this movie because of its controversy, and I think that's absolute bullshit. You have to give credit to a movie where it's got to give, where you know something's got to give to a movie of this uh, of this caliber that rightfully deserves you know praise. Um, empty, like a lot of people say, uh, not really. 
Not really. I don't. I don't view it as an empty film because Did it does. Did you feel empty walking out of it? Uh, no, I was just like, holy crap, you know, because I, when I go into a movie, I like to be proven wrong. Yeah. About movies, like, because I I hate to feel like, oh, I was right about this movie. I I, I don't want to feel that. Then that that's a waste of my money. You know, prove me wrong. You know, that's what, and that's the way that it was. And I and I love that. I love the whole interview thing that he did with, uh, with uh, De Niro. Uh, I think that this whole movie just really spun itself on its head. I was, you know, I I absolutely hated the notion of like the Joker getting a origin story but this really made itself known into like this greater universe and and to be honest this made me 10 times more excited for matt reeves batman uh because even though there's no connection between this movie yeah it made me 10 times because i was like it could be if you wanted to make a leap, there could be. There could be, but they, they, I don't think there are things that are set up here that you know. Are, but I don't think they're really gonna go. They're not. They're, well, okay, we need to talk about that scene now because it's kind of killing me. What was the point of seeing the Waynes die again? Like, yes, like they and died like, because it was indirectly because of Joker inciting all the things. I the think end of the what movie. I think what was meant about that whole Wayne uh, death scene. Number one, you uh, oh I cringed a little bit at the at one part of the thing, again with the ripped pearls, like I cringed at the whole thing. Why did that need to be in the okay, movie? Okay, here's why I think that it was needed in the movie. In the wake of chaos, you do you do leave, uh, you know, yeah, fuck the system and all that stuff. You know, I get it, but again, innocent people do get hurt out of that and i don't think bruce wayne deserved that shit yeah no he didn't but like we've we've seen it i i i don't disagree with you i'm just saying i think that they could have been more subtle about that than seeing the exact same scene again and that's why i think you could think that perhaps maybe wb put that in there to like hey maybe we want to do a backdoor sequel eventually to this movie i don't know there could be a reason for that i i don't think it was necessary to do the whole thing. trying to get walking fans to do a sequel exactly but like I like I think it would have been enough. I got the message when they were like walking to the alley. I think it would have been better if they just left it at that. Because you kind of know what's gonna happen. It's the Waynes, they're going into an alley, somebody follows them, like, okay, we get it. You, you don't gotta do the whole thing, and then they do the whole thing and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So that felt a little over the top. That's right. to me. Um, you were saying about your thoughts on the movie? Um at first, I was like, when, when it was it was first shown that mm-hmm. you know that was going to be the outfit that he was going to be wearing, and that was the makeup. Was we like, all had a not overly positive reaction to it, right? Yeah, but yeah. as the, as the thing goes on, he is a disgruntled clown, you know, and that's what you're. Yeah, all of the things that bothered me in the beginning, like, and I mean by the beginning, I mean the, like the production photos and like the news of the movie. At the end of the day, I think that's kind of irrelevant by now. Yeah, I. I think I had a different take on this movie than you did, but I think overall what should be praised about this is that this is an absolute win for DC films. Right. It's an absolute win for Warner brothers. And I think it's overall a win for comic book movies. And this is why, because this is exactly what like I and Peter and like, I think you have been calling for, for a long time. And that is less of a cinematic universe collection of films but just an individual story. I mean, that okay. 
truth be told, you know, comic books have more than just arcs. They're one-off yeah. comic books as well. It's not just about a cinematic universe. It's about the individual films. And what we've been saying is, these comic book films have so a lot of actually potential if you get director-driven movies, rather than having a creative head dictate where the overall arc is going to yeah. go. Also, it was so refreshing not like having to wait for an end credit scene. Exactly. I mean, you didn't, you didn't need that. And look, it's. I think this is a testament to what a director-driven comic book movie can do. Because... Um, DC right now is taking this approach. We're going to have James Gunn and Matt Reeves uh, and many more films that are going to go under this style. And oh, I think it shows to you what they by can By the do. way, uh, you, what are your quick thoughts on uh, Birds of Prey? On the Birds of Prey trailer? Did you I see it? I didn't watch it, no. Oh, are you not going to watch it? I probably am. Okay. But... Wait, they, they didn't show it at the... I was waiting for it to be shown at the movies. They didn't uh, show the Birds of Prey trailer. Did they show oh, it with yours? No. No. I didn't. I know it came out online. Although, for the first time, I saw the new Kingsman trailer, and I am fucking hyped. That actually looks pretty good. It's giving um, it's giving me a lot of a uh, lot of uh, old school Bond vibes. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I hear it's a good trailer, um, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Look, I think at the end of the day, what the main point is, we want more films that are director driven that do some. Things that are not what we've been seeing in the past 10 years. It's time for a different age of comic book movie making. And I think Joker uh-huh. is a primary example of what you can do with that. And that's why it's so refreshing. Because overall, it feels less than a corporate product and more of a, a curated, um, I don't know, mosaic or statue or something. Somebody that really wanted to make this movie. Um, so I think overall... Those are all very good positives that this movie accomplished uh, to great effect. Joaquin Phoenix, we'll get to him, but no question was a great performance. I I don't like to get into this issue of ranking it. I don't think for me it it reached with what Ledger did, but he was doing something that was completely different than Ledger. I think so. But for one thing's for fucking sure, he blew past Leto. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of like... You, hug, hug, hug. Yeah. Who gives a shit about that? Um, but, like, no, he gives an outstanding performance, and I think he carved out his own niche that won't be soon forgotten. And, and you're right, the last 20 minutes of the film are kind of like a Batman movie. A wet dream, yeah. You're, you're it's like, oh, this. look at this is Joker and all this stuff, using blood as the fucking uh, lipstick. The oh. cinematography is beautiful. It's a very well-made film. It's shot great. You're right about the score. Um, yeah. But I, I think overall, I, I was so conflicted about the movie because... Oh, Bradley Cooper produced the movie too. Yeah, and one of the... I found out that Todd Phillips produced A Star Is Born, so that's interesting right there. It's nice that they're working together. Yeah, um, I was really conflicted walking out of this movie <laughs> in the sequel. <laughs> Lady Gaga plays Harley Quinn. <laughs> Tell me something, boy. <laughs> I mean, 
I think. <laughs> Sorry. They could have done something with Zazzy Beats. Should be a great Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, but then. Yeah, it's got, got a similar look going on with like you know the eyes and all this stuff that she already did with Domino, and I think it's just like yeah, and like Ben Mendelsohn hasn't done anything similar in all of his roles. Oh, that's Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah. throw Zazie beats a bone here. Um, but overall, like the, like let's get into Joaquin Phoenix because holy shit, like I was like. A lot of the things was like unnerving, uncomfortable, like the way that he did. Like number one, he got himself fucking thin mm-hmm. to be in this movie. Like the way that he, like he, he, he lost all that stuff. Um, the way that he, you know, he he contorted himself a little bit. The way that you know his, he has like this sort of like dance that he does. That's like really. Really uh, impeccable that first time when he when he commits homicide, right? And he and he he puts himself in that low light lowly uh, uh, bathroom, and he's just dancing like getting into the groove of everything like that of like being a criminal, you know, and relishing in that. Um, uh, that was that was good. Like it, the way that he like laughed, but it was like kind of like a cough thing that was going on because he was trying to restrain himself. Um, the way that he was kind of crying when he was doing that. I mean, there was like just so many things going on that he had to do in order to make this believable, and he really made it believable. And I, this is uh, honestly like fuck yeah, give him a nomination. I don't. I don't give a shit because you know, like this is it's a it's a worthy, worthy performance, and I think this is a really good performance that Joaquin Phoenix put on. Like, holy shit, really good. Like, he's always played like these, like you know, characters that is like really good. Like he played uh, what's his face in Gladiator, uh, Johnny Cash. He was good in that. Her, like, he, like the way that he plays these characters is just like he completely like transforms into something else. I really, really appreciate the artwork behind that. You know, if there, if there's anything to take away from this movie, come for Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you. What about me? What thoughts on Joaquin? No, yeah, I mean, I thought he he did a great performance. Um, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, it was unsettling. It was uh, masterful in how he approached it. I, I, as I said, it's not going to be one that's soon forgotten. Um, we'll see. We'll see where we go with that. That performance. Okay, if they took out the name Joker in the title, do you think it would have worked just as well? What would have worked just as well? The movie. Probably, yeah. I mean, I mean the performance is not going to be affected by what title the movie is. Like, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor mm-hmm. and, um, this is probably going to be an, a nominated performance. So I don't think it would have changed it, whether or not it had the name Joker on it. Right. What else did you, well, uh, I was saying that I was conflicted about the movie when I okay. walked out of it. Are you so um, conflicted? No. Um, okay. that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, I walked out of it like, I know I didn't love the movie and I really wasn't like sure of it, what was going on, that why I wasn't in love with the movie. 
Um, and like the more that I was thinking about it, I think it ended up being a dangerous movie after all, but not because it incites violence. No, not at all. In fact, my issue with the movie has nothing to do with, with whatever the controversy that was. I think maybe Todd Phillips was the wrong person to handle the message of this movie, or maybe I should say lack thereof. And maybe I shouldn't say that because there was a message, but I think it was so incredibly mishandled. Because at the end of the day, when I think about what the movie was doing, it was trying to basically say, look, this society is shit, and if we're not careful, a joker like the like and, and a joker can happen and anarchy can happen. I get that. But it's more of how it was said that really put me off. And when you think about the road that is set and where it goes, there's a lot of different issues that he brings up in the movie. Mm -hmm. Some that affect Joker and that lead him down this path. Others that have nothing to do with him that are more with like where Gotham City is right now. And along the way, the two roads merge and then there's this clown movement that's basically like this Occupy Wall Street movement. But it's also parts KKK in terms of how there's just... Um, brutality and anarchy that breaks after Joker basically kills Robert De Niro on national television. Um, my problem with the movie and why I think it's dangerous is because it conflates the Bernie Sanders crowd with the Donald Trump crowd. Because basically what you have here is you have the, the populist, anti-Wall Street, anti-rich message that Bernie Sanders has and you apply it to Joker, who acts like a Trump that is basically waging war with existence. And so my issue with it is that the politics of this movie were completely jumbled up. Because it's like, when I'm trying to think about how certain people would interpret what this movie was saying or what they were being shown, and that was that, oh, the people that were saying that um, capitalism is bad and the rich um, are preying on the poor and they don't give a shit about us and like it's always about them and we get nothing. Like the people that are suffering and that want a better life for them and yes, the rich are kind of not helping that. The movie kind of portrays them as fascists and anarchists and terrorists and they're co-opted by the Joker, who also kind of buys into this, but has his own thing going on. And and you see innocent people being killed and murdered. And it's like, that's... I don't think Todd Phillips was trying to say that. I just don't think the movie did a good enough job of really um, filtering that out. Because if you look at it at a baseline level... It was really horrific to see um, the movie kind of land on that. And I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just because Todd Phillips mishandled it. And 
what ultimately what I'm saying is the it, it, it came off as muddled because you have all these different messages going on mm-hmm. and you have the Joker and ultimately what you, what this movie is going to have is the Joker come out on top and the anarchy wins and everything. But it I'm I'm it gave me a bad feeling in me that um, a lot of people already enough there's enough people already that conflate the populism that Bernie Sanders stands for with the nationalism slash fascism that Donald Trump stands for. And I don't think this movie, I think this movie ended up doing more harm than good when you, when you apply it to, and it's like, well, we're talking about politics because this movie was trying to say something with these politics about the conditions that a society has that can lead to, to a joker to rise so it's ter- I think it's totally fair game to apply it because it's a 1980s setting and it's taking all of the relevant issues from 2019 and applying it to, to 1980 wherever it takes place at. Um, but I just thought it was it was sickening to see that like because <laughs> you're walking out of the movie and it's like these people that are fighting for justice and for like economic justice are basically just as bad as the as the, uh, what's it called? The Nazis that march on Charlottesville, just killing people and murdering people and burning things down. And it's like, holy fucking shit. Like that's fucking irresponsible. That's fucking dangerous. That's the real thing. And it's like, it's as if there aren't already enough people that think that Bernie and Trump are the exact same thing and their supporters are the exact same thing. And I just think that was so horribly mishandled here. And I think it speaks to, as far as the quality of the film, as the messages conflating and being muddled and not being as clear. And that's where I think the danger can be. There are other issues I have with the movie. Okay. It obviously draws a lot of inspiration from the King of Comedy, Martin Scorsese's film. But I actually kind of feel I like the movie a lot less after having seen King of Comedy. Because a lot of it is like basically borrowed. There are sequences in the King of Comedy that... Um, that have Robert De Niro's character, who is also kind of mad, that basically all happen in his head, although you don't know that until the very end of the movie. Similarly, that happens in this movie. Joker has ex- like basically a love interest that's all happening inside of his head with Zazie Beetz. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it's revealed and it's like, okay, I guess you could consider it as like an homage to King of Comedy, but maybe it felt like maybe too much of an homage. Um, and then this is just a stylistic choice. You can disagree with me about that, but like when, okay, I, he does this thing, Todd Phillips in this movie where it's like that Scorsese didn't do in his movie is like, he actually, we actually have to go back and see the scenes to really make sure the audience understands. Oh, Zazie beats was never there. You see what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I like, we kind of got it around the first time. That's just a simple stylistic choice. Um, I've yet to see Taxi Driver. I hear there's a lot of Taxi Driver in this movie. Mm-hmm. Also in this, with uh, with De Niro's character. And like the, the way that that's interacted. Um, so yeah, look, I... <laughs> there's a lot of excellent work in this movie. Don't misunderstand that. Joaquin Phoenix did an outstanding job. I just wish Todd Phillips did too. Because I just think at the end of the day, the politics of this movie, and and, and and regardless of whether or not 
and I'm not saying that I wanted this to appeal to my sensibilities. I'm saying the movie didn't do a good enough job of filtering or facilitating that conversation. I, I think with that whole, with the whole politics of it all in the movie, um, I think what it, what I got from all of that was that, uh, anarchy doesn't have to have a reason. Except that there was a reason, though. The reason why the, the anarchy happens in this movie is because the city, the people are, are being crushed by those on top. It very clearly, I mean, Joker, not really Joker, but the people that are in clown masks that are, like, attacking everybody on the street because of what Joker did, those people are doing it because... And, and, and you see that Joker, when he was on the show with Robert De Niro in the movie, he had this whole monologue that was basically like, you guys don't give a shit about us. You're always like walking all over us. And like, you don't give a damn about people like me. And I think that, that, that's, that's the spark. What's it called from the last side of the spark that will burn the light of the burgers. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And that's what happens. The people, the people that were anarchists weren't doing it because they love anarchy. They're doing it because they're fucking sick and tired of being walked all over by the 1%. That's what the movie was trying to say. And my issue with that was. I think. It does a, a tremendous injustice. To people who think that. Because the film basically equated them. With terrorists. That's what I'm saying. Like I think. It, like Maybe you can say that. Well, the, the Yes. Anarchy. By it's very definition. Doesn't have to have a reason. But I think the movie was trying to make a reason for that. Why they there become... are some people who do believe that and do act upon, you know, chaotic natures like that. Absolutely. There's no denying that. But I don't think that compares to the actual acts of domestic terrorism that happened with the other ideology. And so it I just find it disturbing that we're gonna we have to go back to this well that it's always the leftist socialist progressive people that turn to violence and it's like yeah because the joker would absolutely be an inspiration for people like that i'm not denying that there aren't like terrorist groups on either side of it but like we're not talking about a militant organization in this movie we're talking about townspeople who were legitimately being like even in the movie, you have Joker, his meds are cut off because they decide that there's no more money for public services because whenever there's no more money, public services are first to be cut off. And well, there you could see an example of how society created Joker. Joker loses his job. And so like he's being literally being beaten up by the people. He's literally being be beat up by Wall Street like lobbyists or whatever they are, right? Those kids that he killed in the train. Uh -huh. So, um... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just think the film didn't do good enough, a good enough job of saying that. You see what I'm saying? Like it kind of got lost in itself by doing too much or saying maybe too much about the politics of the movie. Um, and that really bothered me because it it could have absolutely been a film that spoke about the times. And I think it, 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 
I think the movie thinks that it did that it did that, but it was kind of too surface level. You know how and I was reading somebody that said this. You know how some of us had issues with Black Panther about how it was like embracing political issues, but in reality, it just kind of like scratched the surface a little bit. The media yeah. didn't go into it. I think that's what was happening here. I think it was trying harder than Black Panther did, but I don't think it facilitated a necessary conversation about what happened. And it's like, to me, it came off as if like it was validating certain people that think that just because you identify as, I guess, a democratic socialist or you're against the, the 1% that you're going to break out into violence and you're going to be led by a horrific madman who, by the way, it's interesting though, that they use the Joker, the, the Joker really like very particular things happen with him. And like, we know in the movie tells us that he's mentally ill for several reasons. Why? Because his mom was mentally ill and she also beat the crap out of him. So like he is particularly crippled in a way. And I, I, I don't under, I don't know if um, people with mental illness um, or like with crippling mental illness can speak to this, but like a particularly right wing talking point is, oh, the reason why we have these mass shootings is because it's people that are mentally ill. And we don't we don't need to touch guns. We need to fix mental illness. Which well, yeah, we need more funding for people who are mentally ill. There's not enough of that going on. The movie even says that. But it's like I feel like it's trying to say something there, but it, it, the movie is saying that, oh no, it's because society. Society is what made the Joker, but but he's mentally ill. So are you saying that the Joker was the Joker because society beat him to it? Or because he was just sick to begin with? Like, maybe it would have been more effective if he wasn't mentally ill. And that he really kind of just became the Joker when he was just an average person. And then he was just beaten down by it. Which is what the movie was doing. But it also revealed that he was mentally ill to begin with. From, like, the very, like, very beginning. Uh-huh. So... I find it troubling <laughs> a lot of what it ended up doing, not so much because the movie was trying to do that, but I, as far as the message of the movie, I thought it was a misfire. And at the end of the day about the movie, I ended up feeling pretty um, empty about it. Like, it's a very good film in practice, it's a well-made film. There's great stuff in it. And, and it's like, when you look, just take away the politics of the movie, which you had, I hate doing because that's what the movie was trying to do anyway. Cause that's what the message it was trying to say. But when you look at it about as a Joker film, I think they, they, they did a great job with it. And then, then there are, there are others that are going to say, well, what it said or what it was trying to do, was it even interesting? Like, did it say anything new about this? So it's like, it's hard to divorce the things that it was trying to say from what what else was there, which was very good, very good, outstanding performances, cinematography, directions, like the music. Um, some people said it was a little flashy. I don't know about that. Um, 
in terms of like the Oscar baby or whatever it was. I think I just saw, thought it was a very well-made film and everything. I think it was great. I think it's just a cohesive yeah. thing. So, like, I, I want to remind people because I feel like this went off to be a, a, a really interesting rant. Not to that, but like, it's a win. Which I expected. <laughs> Did you I, expect I this rant? I, I expected everything, yeah. Okay. That's why I was like, I'll go first. Oh, you got you could do your thing. But I want to reiterate, this is a win for comic book movies, and it's a win for DC movies, because this is the kind of movie that I want. Even though it didn't work all the way for me, I would rather have a movie that tries and swings and takes risks than a generic film that doesn't take any risks whatsoever. And going forward, I think what we're gonna what we're gonna be seeing is DC overtake Marvel in terms of quality. And I feel like some people are gonna say we're already there because look at the last three films. Look at Aquaman, look at Shazam. Shazam. Have you seen Shazam yet? No. You should I think you'll really love that film. It's my favorite of the, of the whole, my favorite DC film of the DCEU or whatever. And this is not really EU, the Joker movie. And you have Joker. All of those films are really tonally different. They're all different films. Look at the directors. You have James Wan. Oh, I forget. You uh, have one that, that yeah. that's kind of like a fantasy epic with Aquaman. Yeah, and yeah. You have uh, you have kind of like a kids gritty rocket, uh, not Rocket Man, uh, gritty Goonies slash a lot uh, of Stranger big, Things. A lot of big, big. In there. Yeah. Um, you have like that, but it's more, uh, more, I guess, dark and sinister, I guess. Yeah. Cussing and all this Look, stuff. And, and then, yeah. then you have the Joker, which is like an art house piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and it looks like, uh, the way that it's shaping out with Matt Reeves, Batman, it looks like they're going to go back to the basics of what the root of Batman is. Yeah. And that's, and great, that, that's, yeah. uh, and Batman by and large is a fucking detective. And you got a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, uh, don't like equate that he just they just think he's a superhero no yeah. batman was a detective and it looks yeah. like and all this stuff and the casting stuff like first of all jeffrey wright as fucking commissioner gordon like yeah. holy shit yeah. i'm in you know um it's the whole approach it comes down to approach and what you're seeing with all of these projects is that they're director driven the director is the creative head you don't have a producer who is trying to connect these movies in fact the last three films Joker, Shazam, and Aquaman have little to no connection between any of them. Uh -huh. And look how they've turned out quality-wise. And I know, and I, okay, I know you hate when I say this. Yeah. I know you hate, absolutely hate it, but I'm going to like what do you put, say? put it up there. Uh, this is the reason why I more lean into the Guardians films. Well, well, yeah, because you have that because those, because it does work by itself without the without the weight of the oh. rest of the stuff on Earth with the you know oh Iron Man's bullshit until Steve, you get to Steve Rogers Infinity bullshit War. until you get into yeah. Infinity War right. yeah right. but like Guardians one and two are so divorced from that stuff with the exception of the random uh, with the random appearance of Thanos. Thanos yeah but other than that like the rest of it is so disconnected from what's going on in the, yeah. on the earth spectrum yeah. that I'm absolutely like, I could turn on those movies and like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. You, I you could, don't need to watch anything else uh, yeah. ever. You're fine. Um, yeah. I agree with you. And like, I'm like, cause like the, the Steve Rogers, uh, Tony Stark storylines were kind of bumming me out for a little bit oh, yeah. until yeah. we got, until we got to infinity war. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I was like, okay, you know, yeah, you know, 
Iron Man hates Cap. Cap hates Iron Man. You know, I was just like, I was just like, I want something you right. know, more. And that's what James Gunn gave, to, you know, gave me in the in the Guardians films. And I, I think at the end of the day, the films that hold up are ones that were crafted by a, a singular vision. Um, and, and one that I think was more um, daring in its execution. Which is why you have the Raimi Spider-Man films that hold up. You have um, Brian Singer's X-Men films uh, that hold up. And those were not tied down by having to do cameo. I mean, all that stuff is nice. We're not. We don't want to knock it. We love the Marvel Cinematic yeah, like Universe. Like, yeah. for example, like when we got to uh, Spider-Man Two, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Hoffman, remember Hoffman, uh, the, uh, uh, Jonah's uh, assistant, he was like, uh, "What do we think, uh, Doctor Strange?" Yeah, and he was like, "That's nice. It's taken." Like, I love that. Like, I love that little, like the little bits. Yeah. But, like, it's nothing, like, it's not, like, tied down to, like, oh, we got to set up Doctor Strange right, for the next right. movie. Yeah. Uh, like after it, a while, you get into this rut of just, like, okay, we're not really looking at movies anymore. It just kind of becomes, like, this, like this, this long-running series of things. No, it's like a two-hour trailer. Mm, that's right. And a lot of the DC films before Aquaman felt like, look, like, Awkward. you could argue that BVS was a big trailer for Justice League at the end of the day. Like a lot of, and look what happened there. So it's like, I think, and what you think is that for what's important for the genre to survive going forward is to make modifications and to take risks and to do things that are different that, that MCU doesn't do. Like, just don't try and copy them. Try and do your own thing, find your own lane. And I think what you're seeing with Aquaman, with Shazam and with Joker, it's working for them. It really is. And mark my words, when you go to 2021, when we're going to get James Gunn's Suicide Squad and Matt Reeves' Batman, the tables are going to turn. Are those in the same year? Yeah. Cool. But you know what That's else badass. is in the same year as Marvel? They're, oh, they're doing, so Taika's Thor Love and Thunder is also in the same year. Spider-Man 3 will be in the same year. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And then also Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be in the same year. You see this? This is my wallet. <laughs> It's not going to be here by that time. It's just going to be fucking gone. <laughs> it's just going to be there. There, there it, went. it went. It's gone. There it went. It's gone. Yeah. It, that's, that's what's going to happen that year. Cause holy shit, that's going to be something. That's a heavyweight championship right there uh, of certain films. At least it's going to be a WWE super smash. Yeah. And I think next year we have birds of prey and wonder woman, right? Yeah. Oh dude. Like I don't give a shit about wonder woman to be honest. Really? Yeah, Why? like, well, it's because, like, I'm so hyped up for Birds of Prey. Mm. Like, holy shit, like, I'm, I'm all if for it, it. If it's cool and wacky and weird and just balls to the wall, does his own shit, like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. I mean, just just do it. Don't, like, think I about love, it anymore. I love how ridiculously cheesy the uh, the little ad that came before it? it. Yeah. The whole, I'm so fucking over clowns. Like, I was like, so <laughs> that was, stupid, that but that's funny. such a Harley Quinn line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. Margot Robbie looks like she's having the time of her life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in that movie, uh, the, the, the promotional things. Oh, I love the fact that they're bringing back the hyenas. Cause she has pet hyenas. I didn't know that. Yeah, she has pet hyenas. They were introduced in Batman and the anime series. And you're going to get the hyenas in the in the movie. I, it's stupid. It's stupid, I know. But, like, holy shit, she's getting her fucking hyenas. Great. I love it. 
Um, I I love that the whole the way that uh that uh, uh what's his name Ewan McGregor is acting in the trailer. It's mm-hmm. like very flaunty, very bombastic, and I'm loving it. It's just it just looks like a fun romp, and I'm yeah, and I and I want that all I'm, of it, I, I'm just, I, I, and I'm all for it. And I don't want to come off as of somebody who's who's not. I just want like this is how I feel about Joker, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, what what do you make of of anything or what? I, I mean, I I don't think you want to wear any of it. It didn't occur to you. Or anything. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I see you, bro. Yeah, but like, I don't give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> I I got a good I got a good movie, and I was thoroughly entertained with the movie, um, despite you know uh, uh, pre uh, pre notions on the whole. The whole bit, I I was uh, I, I I wanted them to be you know to do something different. They gave me something different, and it was uh, it's, hey, that's true. They did. It's like uh, it's like you're you're in the desert for a while. You know, you you want something of substance. You know, in your in your belly, you're you're kind of starving, and then you get a you get a nice steak. Looks nice. Tastes nice. Um, I guess for you, the steak didn't go down as you, as you wished, but I, I liked it. I liked the taste of it. I liked the way that it, it's it just that my, my brain is so wired in a different kind of world and I know how people think and how they operate. And I just know how they're going to respond when they see something like this. Uh-huh. And I fear that more, and this is, this, this, this is getting into an area that's above the film, although it's still kind of connected. It's just that I am terrified about how certain people are going to look at this movie and respond not by not because it incites violence but because it it really depicts a political ideology with totalitarian terrorism and i thought that's wrong and people are going to use it as a scapegoat to say you know what i'm right those people out there on on this side they're kind of wacky forget it um and i i i think it did a, a tremendous disservice uh, especially since like the times that we're in right now is trending in a leftist like so- democratic socialist that that's where it's trending and i think the movie does a disservice to to that movement and somehow validates um the concerns or or the or the conspiracy theories on the right and because i'm plugged into that world more so than you that's where my mind goes to and this is where it could be used also, by the way, you want know, interesting. You know, how, you know how a lot of the um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. Otherwise, I'll go crazy and insane. Yeah, and <laughs> you can make an argument. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm already unfortunately, there. you're already there. Yeah. Look what it, look what it's done. Yeah, but I also do. Aside from that, I just think the reason why I'm there is because I think the film did a poor job of handling the different ideologies or whatever. And I, 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 and honestly, that's not really the, the, the priority of the movie based uh-huh. on what I saw. The priority was to get that scene where Joker uses the blood, he makes a smile and he's being cheered on, which was a glorious scene in terms of the character arc of the Joker. And one thing I want to say to push back against people that say that you shouldn't like the Joker. It's ridiculous because like I see, remember and you, you had the same complaint. Remember back in Black Panther, how many people were praising Killmonger, who was, yeah. by the way, about to commit genocide, and yet people walked out of the film, you know what, oh my god, I loved Killmonger, he was so sympathetic, and I'm I, like... I know, I know why, specifically, why, 
Because the performance but, of Michael B. Jordan? No, no, it's not that. It's something overlining with it that I don't want to discuss here in a, okay. in a on a video form. But that in itself is very dangerous. That's true, but I I think there there in lies some hypocrisy on the part of those people that say that you how dare you like like the Joker's arc in this movie? Like you're an anarchist. When he had when Killmonger had the same thing, it probably worse. even though even yeah. though it was in a PG thirteen movie, probably even worse. It was genocide, wasn't it? Like he was basically saying racial genocide is what he was raging. Yeah, and I wasn't really. I didn't really care for Kill, uh, Michael B. Jordan's performance as a character. So, Joaquin Phoenix, though, damn! Oh holy yeah, shit. absolutely! Holy shit! Uh, um, I was thrilled with him. No issues there. Uh, he's the. I have no issue with him. He did a great job. Look, if there look, goes my Halloween plans. If all you want is a Joker movie, I think this is going to really do it for you. But <laughs> just um, my life is a call. Yeah, that, and it's also kind of awkward, a lot, really awkward in places. Um, I really want to th- see what Peter thinks about all this. Oh God, it, I I can't comprehend what he's going <laughs> to think about this movie. I mean, did you expect me to have an issue with the politics of the movie, or what? What, what do you think my issue was going to be with the movie? Everything, to be honest. Was it though? Yeah, yeah, I, I honestly did, like, because... No, no, what, what what I just said was that what it ended up being? Because I really praise a lot of what this film had to say. Like, I, I liked a lot of it. Uh, yeah, that, the whole, like, message of it all. I, I was like, holy shit, he's going to talk on, like, to the moon about it. Yeah. And and that's what it pretty much was. So I was like, okay, I'll get my stuff done and give it to you. Hand, hand the baton. There you go. Overall, I think there's um more positive than negative. In terms of what the film ended up being and, and what it means for filmmaking going forward, and there are other stuff, but we'll we'll talk about that on the podcast. But I I, I just think it's an enjoyable film. I didn't particularly enjoy it because of what I just said, but o- overall, um, I don't understand why this movie of all the movies cause people to lose their shit in a different way you know like i that's the part that really gets me this movie isn't worth all of the hoopla that happened around it like oh my god like all the security like and, and, give yourself a break i'm not get, get the, the you know what happened though i tell you i was sitting um on in an aisle seat uh-huh like on a in a balcony aisle seat in the theater and i think it was a little bit halfway through the movie and I could have sworn I heard gunshots. That's how fucking like horrible Ingrained this conversation it like it got into my head. And I was like, "Holy shit!" You see, for, that's why I didn't read anything for five minutes. I was like, "Wait, what? This is not happening." And then it ended up being because it was like right, I think, next to the bathroom. It ended up being, you know, when you get the towels and like you, you, yeah, uh, you pull the lever and you pull them down. That's what it fucking was. But because it was a movie thing, and I was like hearing something in the back of my, I was like, "Oh shit." Is there a fucking shooting going on right now? No, but you see, this is what happens when the media like does this shit. Or you could do yourself a favor and not look at that shit. Yeah, but it's my job to look at that shit because of the controversy that's going on. We talk about this, so we have to look at it. I didn't take it seriously, but it's like it's something that happens. But it got in your head, nevertheless. It gets in everybody's head when the media hypes it up. That's the point of this. And that. 
What? That, that that's what I do. I don't I like because I know if I get myself in that hole, I'd be in the same position as you are. Yeah, yeah. But it happened for like a, I don't know five minutes and then it went away. But it's just like, yeah. I I the the point of all of this is to say, what is it about the Joker in particular? Yeah, that, like holy shit, why aren't people like, uh, were why weren't people up in arms about like, oh, Darth Vader, like you yeah, know, that's when Rogue One was about, or like any other villain such as fuck. Where's the controversy on Maleficent? That's a villain driven movie. Holy shit! Um, Wait till Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah, there we go. Um. No, this year... No, it's just going to be a bunch of scene kids retaliating. I don't know what it is. 2019, in particular, has been a year of endless controversies. Like, we're just I, jumping from I movie to movie. I like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just done with film. Yeah, and Twitter, you know what? Let's not film. even think about it. Overall, you liked it a lot. I thought it was okay at best. Great stuff in it. Issues. Whatever. Tell us what you think. We'll have a full review on Red Spotlight with other reviews like Yesterday and Crawl and more things. We'll have more films to talk about right. on the next podcast. Those are my thoughts. Ditto. Check out everything under the spotlight, boys and girls. Or people. Um, uh, check out everything on Wishka, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll be there. Uh, yeah. Oh, since, yeah, yeah, it is time to announce something. Today, as we record, is what you call International James Bond Day. So what's going to be going on is there's a bunch of uh, bunch of details and all that stuff, but we are, I am starting a James Bond podcast uh, with uh, my primary co-host, uh, Peter Martinez, because he's not seen a bulk of the James Bond movies. I mean, he's seen... Everything under the sun, but not the James Bond movie. So I'm going to get him to watch those, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going to answer all his questions. And the name of the podcast is called Bond and Beyond. Uh, and I hope you, uh, I hope you all listen to that. Um, that way, I could maybe if you guys throw me this bone, maybe I could stop referencing it so much on the podcasts. So there, there, there could be that incentive of that. So uh, you're free to join as well. And watch these movies and uh, talk about it with us. So, yeah. So, Bond and Beyond, uh, check it out everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, right now, is being in the process of a, uh, of a, uh, of a, uh, of a. Uh, what's it called? The hosting, hosting on the different sites like Stitcher and everything like that. But right now, like, it's on Wushka. It's on Wushka, our home. Uh, so yeah. Uh, we have a lot of we have other stuff going on in the fantasy fair. We took a hiatus because of personal stuff, but we are back in full force. New episode Monday, um, or whenever you whenever you record it, uh, upload it, um, upload this video. Um, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Red Smile Entertainment After Dark Joker. Bye.